Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. I thought Bill Moose did a hell of a job when he was the athletic director at Oregon. Then he went to Washington State, and you know what? He, he kind of leveled the playing field there with Mike Leach as the coach. Stadium got some upgrades, facilities got some upgrades, and then he bounced to Nebraska. So he's been around. He's seen some stuff. He was a player in the Pac-8 conference. He was an administrator at Oregon in the Pac-10. He saw it expand to the Pac-12. What does Bill Moose think now about what's become of the Pac-12 conference? He's joining us now. Bill Moose, thank you for making time. My pleasure, John. Your reaction when you saw UCLA-USC bolt last week, how did that strike you? Well, it, it, of course, was a surprise. Um, my youngest son, who was actually a player at Cal, uh, sent me a text, and uh, I was doing some other things, and I, I thought to myself, what, what is going on in this crazy world? But, you know, in these days of... NIL and uh, transfer portals and everybody hopping one place to go to another. After the dust settled, it really didn't surprise me that much. Yeah, we look at the way that television has trumped geography and tradition. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm convinced it's not going to be good ultimately for college sports. But w- at what point did you see sort of the influence of television taking over? Because you were working in the business. Well, during my time at Oregon, uh, it, it really evolved uh, quite quite a bit. We uh, started to, uh, and I was on the, the uh, television committee twice, uh, and the dollars started to really mount. Uh, the, the, the second one, when I was at Washington State, after we had brought uh, Utah and Colorado into the conference, at the time, John, if you remember, that was the largest television deal in in college sports history um and you could really get a feel for the value and that it was during that time that that uh, i worked on and and many others uh to get equal distribution within the pac-12 and that made a big difference uh parody really started to come along uh uh and and we needed that that la market there's no question but uh, we needed a strong conference, too, and that's what I really feel we got, uh, you know, in those ensuing years. And uh, and now that market is, is no longer in the footprint. Bill Moose with us, uh, former Oregon, Washington State, and Nebraska athletic director. You saw it at Nebraska. Now USC and UCLA are going to see it. What is competition in the Big Ten look like? <laughs> well, it is tough. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're zeroing in, I, I believe, John, right now anyway, on the football piece. And uh, the, there are no days off in the, in the Big Ten. Um, 
it's a, still a black and blue conference, but it has star power, um, wonderful universities, uh, a, a, a lot alike in many ways and some not. Uh, when I was at Nebraska, um, uh, we were the furthest west campus. Can't say that anymore. Uh, but uh, to, to travel to Rutgers and Maryland and, and even those in between, were long jaunts, and uh, we were sending all our teams out that way, and they were sending theirs our way, and uh, it is now, uh, well, actually doubled. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I will tell you, uh, there, there's there's great market value. Uh, USC and UCLA have strong brands, but they're going into a conference that has strong brands and lots of them. And uh, when you take a, a football team into Ann Arbor or Columbus, you're going to go into Madison, Wisconsin, going out to uh, to Penn State. Uh, those are big stadiums, big traditions, lots of championships. Uh, it'll it, it, it'll be, there'll be great competition, but uh, it's hard for me to uh, see that there's going to be a lot of 10 win seasons are probably going to be more like a seven and eight uh, is, is pretty good. Bill Moose with us. Uh, let me ask you, you know, Oregon, you know, the brand you were there, you know, what Oregon brings it, you know, I'm torn a little bit on, you know, advocating for what is right for Oregon or Washington. And then I think about Oregon state and Washington state. I kind of want to see them all stick together there's a loss of nostalgia here. The Rose Bowl thrown into the mix, too, Bill, when I look at it, you know, and it doesn't feel like that matters to the rest of the country. And and that hurts. Uh, I'm a somewhat of a traditionalist. I grew up uh, wishing to one day play or be involved in some way with the Rose Bowl. It was always synonymous with the Big Ten and, and the Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. Um, but, uh, it, it seems to me, John, that this is all posturing for an expansion of the college football playoff and, uh, not unlike the NFL, for example, you're wanting to get into that postseason and then have a chance to get the big prize. And, uh, I think this will probably, uh, what I'm talking about be what's up next and, and uh, with the with the uh, revised Big Ten, you know they could have, uh, depending on how how large the CFP becomes, could have two, three, maybe maybe even four schools in it. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that piece plays out. Um, Oregon, uh, it's a strong brand, and I, and I'm proud of what we did there, and and what Rob has done since, and, and uh, the, the great leadership they have. And, uh, you know, I've always said it's one thing to get there and another thing to stay there. And uh, Oregon has sustained it. And it's got a lot of pizzazz and sizzle. And uh, uh, the style of play through the years, um, you know, since, since I was there in 95 and on into today is something that people like to tune into. The problem is, there aren't there. There isn't that big an audience within the state, and uh, uh, Washington's a little different story. They they've got a a, a great tradition, and and uh, and they've got viewers. 
so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, uh, Washington State and Oregon State, uh, I, I think a lot of both of those schools are very similar. And what they really have to offer that, that to, a, to a student, and I always felt a student athlete, was the college town, that college experience where you have to pack up and go to state you, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, again, uh, that is not appealing when you're talking about big dollars in television markets. I keep thinking about what the survival move is for the Pac-12. If you were a consultant right now, and you know, Pac-12 likes to pay them, as we know, uh, can, if you were consulting with the Pac-12 bill, um, you know, where, what would you tell them? Well, I, I, uh, I've already been somewhat outspoken here on this. I, I think you gotta, you got to turn east and, and have serious conversations with the Big 12. Um, the irony here is uh, a year or so ago, uh, they, they were desperate. They were losing Oklahoma and Texas and, and needed to uh, uh, look for some ways for them to get back on track, and they did a very good job of that. Uh, but uh, I think the, uh, the, the regional piece of it and, and, and the locations of the universities, and, and, uh, and a lot of them uh, are, are like institutions, make sense. Um, what, what would be um, unfortunate for probably uh, Washington State or Oregon State is if a cherry-picking uh, piece came in there where hey, we want you, we want you, but uh, sorry, you, you, you're not coming to the party. And, uh, and then that would bring devastation to those, those schools. So I, I really think that, that if I was a consultant with the Pac-12, I would say it's all or nothing. Uh, if we're going to look at, at uh, joining or merging with another conference, we all go. But unfortunately, everybody's looking out for themselves, and, uh, and and I think that would be a real injustice. Bill Moose with us, uh, former Washington State, Oregon, and Nebraska Athletic Director. Uh, Bill, how did the Pac-12 end up here? Like, it, is, did they just lose sight of things? Did they get bad leadership? How did they end up here? Yeah, you know, I think it's a, a, a number of things, John. Um, USC and UCLA always felt that they were uh, they were the drawing card for for television money, and and again because it's a huge market. Uh, I always fought, and as did others of my colleagues, for parity to make the conference strong, and and we achieved that. I really think now, as as time went on, we we went into uh, the COVID years, and even before that. Um, the the conference was getting a bad rap, and uh, uh, you were seeing where where uh, there were four uh, schools that, that would play in the postseason in the in the college football playoff, and and uh, for several years the Pac-12 was not one of them. They're champion, and uh, pretty soon stadiums were uh, about half full. Uh, viewers were not. Uh, really watching of course there's always that that uh time zone challenge but uh it's a good brand of football and uh and then 
there was some dissension. There, there were, uh, uh, you know, a change in the commissioner. Uh, it just, it, it just wasn't running on all cylinders. And uh, uh, USC and UCLA, knowing what their market is and always trying to hold that above the rest of our heads, uh, have now taken that prime market out of uh, the footprint of the Pac-12, and that's going to hurt uh, when trying to negotiate this upcoming deal with the television partners. I had one athletic director in the Pac-12 say that this is on Carol Folt, the, the uh, president of USC. Do you blame her, or is that too harsh? Does she need to do what's best for her university? Well, you you have to do what's best for you, your university, and it's amazing how uh, that was all working when, when we were uh, all even, the playing field was level. Uh, what I don't like, John, is the sneaky aspect of this, the, the deceiving piece. What are we teaching our student athletes, yeah. uh, you know, to, to do things on the sly and, and all of that? Uh, and Oklahoma and Texas did the same thing to Bob Bowlesby and those great institutions in the Big 12. Uh, I don't, I, I, I just think that part, I, it, it, was there ever any conversations, and I don't believe there was, with those two schools, uh, meaning USC and UCLA, that they were contemplating this? Uh, no, everybody just woke up one day and it was done. Um, so, uh, kind of, kind of a, uh, well, if, if, if the kind of things that, that, uh, you don't teach your kids, if, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It disappoints me as well. And, uh, you know, George Klyovkov, the PAC 12 commissioner, he was, he was on day number 365 of his first year. Uh, you know he's ready to close the books on the on year one and go pretty good year, and it turns out no, it's a disastrous year. We're talking to Bill Moose, uh, who is a former athletic director. Uh, you know you got into the the world of athletics, and we watched you you know sort of uh, in, in your career move up the ladder and then across it in multiple universities. But you started in the conference when it was the Pac-8. What it was that like back in the days? <laughs> well, I was a uh... I was a football player at Washington State, uh, 69 through 72, uh, and it, it was a thrill um, uh, and, and fabulous memories, uh, but it was by no means a level playing field. You, We basically had the two L.A. schools, USC, UCLA, and then Washington, uh, who were the powerhouses, and the rest of us just you know, tried to get an upset here or there. <laughs> the rivals, the rivalries were strong, and uh, and and I love the rivalries. The, the Apple Cup, the old Civil War, uh, the big game, uh, of course SC and UCLA, and then the Territorial Cup. My son played at Arizona State, and and uh, that's a tremendous rivalry. And who knows where all those are going to go now? Uh, when we were talking, when we expanded, and and uh, to the to the uh, Pac-12, and we were going to divide into divisions. I was adamant that the Northwest schools stay together. Those rivalries go back over a hundred years, and the fans can get to those campuses and all of that. Um, but the color and pageantry of college football, uh, growing up and playing in the in the Pac-8, uh, it, it was wonderful, and and uh, and again, great memories. 
when the conference expanded uh, and brought the Arizona schools in, I, I, I was uh, I, I was not a big believer in that. Um, I was a traditionalist again, and I never really bought into it until my son went to Arizona State. Now it's all all Sun Devils, and uh, Dave Hickey, who is my chief of staff at Oregon, is the athletic director at Arizona, and I pull for him too. And uh, then I really felt it made sense at the time with Colorado and Utah and um, what it could bring to us in regards to uh, uh, being able to negotiate a, a solid television package, which, again, uh, I reiterate, ended up being divided uh, equally, which at Washington State, we went from uh, television uh, revenue the, the previous year of just shy of $4 million to an average of $22.5 million. Well, we were able to to uh, build the, the stadium, uh, actually expanded in our football operations building and a, a new soccer stadium and, and baseball clubhouse. Those things couldn't have been done uh, without that. So uh, I've seen it. I've seen it all. I played in it. I got to serve two wonderful universities. Um, great experience. But when, when the rivalries uh, are, are, are challenged, when the Rose Bowl is uh, – is in question all those things that uh, I think at the end of the day are maybe more important than money to the university and certainly uh, name image and likeness which I've never been a fan of anyway and uh, it just has a different look than uh, what I signed up for and maybe that's why I'm sitting on my back porch today. (laughs) (laughs) Give me an idea what do you think happens to the Rose Bowl in this equation? I started to worry, John, about the Rose Bowl uh, in, in, in the old uh, setup of the, of the BCS uh, when, when it took its turn before it became the, the plus, plus one uh, model. And, in fact, uh, us, us Oregon Ducks uh, got the short end of a shaft there. Uh, in that 2001 season, yep. uh, when we ended up second in the nation, but uh, of all places, Nebraska went to the Rose Bowl and never even won the Big 12 championship. Um, and I started to worry about it a little bit then, and then as things moved into the uh, uh, college football playoff, I went down and watched Oregon and, and was rooting for them play Florida State. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I remember when Mike Price took his Cougars down there and played Oklahoma. Uh, you know, great opponent, great teams, but didn't feel right. Uh, uh, and and it, it, it has dwindled and dwindled even more. Uh, the Rose Bowl should be, uh, in, in, and I fought for this even when I was at Nebraska. I was on a committee and was outspoken. Uh, we have to have a representative in the Rose Bowl. That was my uh, my point, uh, and and so should the Pac-12. Whether it's a champion or not, that's who should be in there. However, this thing pans out. But you know, when when I was I served on the Rose Bowl management committee twice during my days in the conference, and uh, there were three of us, uh, and and written in the bylaws that uh, two, two of those were the AD at. USC and UCLA, those ADs, mm. and one at large. So that kind of told you who ran the show, <laughs> and now uh, and now they're gone. So who knows? It uh, 
it, it'll have a whole different look, and that's too bad because that is the granddaddy, great tradition. Uh, it's it's not it's not just the game, of course. It's the parade and and the tournament of roses, and it, it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. But I I'm not going to be a fan, I'm sure. Bill Moose, uh, I really appreciate you giving us your time and expertise. Thank you, and enjoy the back porch, man. It sounds like a delight. <laughs> it is today, and uh, always good to talk to you, John. I uh, hope we can do it again. Let's do it. Bill Moose, thank All you, right. sir. There he is, former athletic director at Oregon, Nebraska, Washington State, and uh, a former player in what was the Pac-8 conference back in the day. Anna's going to pop on the show. Also uh, coming up, we'll talk more about the Blazers. What are they doing? Why are they doing it? Plus, the future of the Pac-12 Conference, what does it look like? And we'll take your phone calls at 503-417-7575. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Anna's popped into the studio. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Pac-12 conference. And what I found in that last segment, Anna, is I interviewed Bill Moose, the uh, former athletic director at Oregon and Washington State and Nebraska, uh, was uh, there's some nostalgia that is mixed up in this. And now I don't expect that USC and UCLA were going to go, hey, we don't want the money because we're nostalgic. We like to hold on to the old days. I don't expect them to do that. But still, there's a loss here. There's a loss of tradition, nostalgia. The Rose Bowl is in doubt, in jeopardy. I think there was uh, one of the national media members quoted somebody saying, they just nuked the Rose Bowl when USC and UCLA left. Gets me thinking about the good old days. Yeah, I mean, I think that that nostalgia and any sadness that people are feeling about the loss of the Pac-12 as we've known it, for quite some time, I think that's valid. I think it's worth recognizing that, hey, this is like, you know, <laughs> something that we've been accustomed to, something we look forward to, and with the Rose Bowl, like you're saying, there's a lot of things, don't you think, that you can look back and go, gosh, it's just not what it used to be. I mean, as something as simple as, like, the drive-in movie, you yeah. know, those are so yes. few and far between. Like, yes. I loved going to a drive-in when I was little with my family or with friends, that was a blast. Like you'd go ideally in the back of somebody's like pickup truck, like flatbed open pickup truck, and you'd bring sleeping bags and blankets and pillows and just settle in and watch a movie. And now, I mean, those are few and far between. The only one I can really think of that's within an easy drive is the one in Newburgh, and that's still open by the grace of God. <laughs> Years ago, the Heinz Company came out with something called the Easy Squirt. I don't know if you guys uh, remember this, Stephen, Sean, and I don't know if you guys remember this. They Ketchup was always red, but Heinz was thinking about new revenue, kids. They wanted to go after kids, and they wanted to make ketchup cool for kids. So Heinz came up with a brilliant idea to produce purple, green, and blue Easy Squirt Ketchup. And they put it in these bottles that had funny uh, colors on them and stuff. It looked Crayola-like. It was a bust. 
it was they it lasted six years and they halted it and they went back to the original um i can think of a number of things coca-cola remember new coke and they changed the recipe yeah that's right remember that that was like for a second yeah and they went bad idea <laughs> i kind of hope that like maybe some of this pac-12 stuff is is uh spurring nostalgic thoughts from our listeners i would love to hear from you uh, you tell me something that isn't like the good old days or a company that misfired and then went, ah, uh, changed our mind and went back on it. You tell me, 503-417-7575. Stephen and Sean, anything pop into your guys' minds when it comes to something that isn't like the good old days? Well, I remember uh, being a kid and like wanting my parents to rent me a video game. And it would be at, like, you know, Blockbuster Video Rest in yes. Peace, obviously. But, like, I would have to pull out a phone book and look up the phone number of said video game place, like Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, stuff like that. So, like, Blockbuster came to mind right away for me. It was, like, that was my place to go. Just, you know, look at all the movies, look at all the games, seeing which ones I want to play and watch. 411, how about that? Remember that? You didn't know the number. You yeah. called someone else and you said, hey, I'd like to know the number of my video store. Now nobody does that. If you dial 411 now, does it go anywhere? I mean, it would be a good bit on the show, maybe. There you go. <laughs> Figure that out. How about you, Sean? Oh, man, I just feel like I had the best uh, cartoon shows and TV shows with my generation. You know, your SpongeBob's and your Drinking Josh's. And I just feel like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, I'm just being naive and I'm just biased towards my generation of, uh, of TV growing up. But I feel like the kids' shows these days aren't as good. Oh, man. Uh, I actually think, you know, it made me think immediately to the cartoons I watched, right? That I needed, and here was the thing. When I watched cartoons, there was a certain schedule the uh, of the cartoons yeah. that I could watch. It was like I knew what time Scooby-Doo was going to be on with Scooby and Shaggy and Velma crawling around looking for her glasses. And then and then we had uh, the Wonder Twins, and you had, like, the super, you know, the, the uh, Hall of Justice <laughs> And the superheroes and the Wonder Twin powers activate. Form of a rhino. Shape of a ice crystal. Well, Saturday mornings were great for that. To those points, it's like I remember coming home from school and knowing exactly what I was going to watch. Like you knew yes. you had to. You couldn't just turn on Netflix and watch whatever you wanted to watch. You had to memorize what you wanted to watch after school and look forward to it all day. You know, I want to watch Saved by the Bell after school. I got to get home real quick. Yeah, and you had to sit there. And you had to be there, and you had to be present with your bag of potato chips, and you had to sit through the damn commercials with watching Hungry Hungry Hippo commercials and waiting for uh, your cartoon to come back on. Yeah, you had to go to the restroom during the commercials. <laughs> You're exactly right. You know what I won't give up? I won't give up books. Hardcover, paperback, hold them in my hand, books. Like, as a kid... I would go to the library and I would take a cardboard box during the summer especially and I would fill that cardboard box with books and then I would take it home, I would read, like tear through it in like two weeks yeah. and then bring it back and unload it again. And I just, I've tried the whole like Kindle, read it on a device kind of thing. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I can't break myself. I want to be able to turn the pages and see the progress that I'm making in the book. There is something about a book, and there is something about holding a good newspaper in your hands. Yeah. On like a Sunday morning, you got a bagel. I don't know why I have a bagel and coffee when I'm in this fantasy, <laughs> but I'm reading like a full-size newspaper, not a crappy little tabloid, full-size newspaper that is robust. 
like the good old days of like you had to make an appointment with your newspaper. I want to hear from you. Go nostalgic on me. What isn't like it used to be? 503-417-7575. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.